What's up, guys? Rich Butler here. Thanks for downloading the latest episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade and allowing us to bring a little toys, a little talk, and a little tech to your headphones and speakers with some assembly required. Before I give you a little bit of background on this week's guest, I want to thank those of you that have been taking the time to download the episodes on iTunes, whether through the individual Toys and Tech of the Trade listing or via the RageWorks network feed of podcast shows. We truly, truly appreciate it. If you are downloading the show via iTunes, please take a moment and rate the show. And please feel free, if you got a, a second or two, to write a review. Let us know what you like. And as always, let us know what you dislike. I mean, we may bring the heat sometimes or we may not. At the end of the day, uh, those interactions are crucial and allow us to give you the best interviews and the best content possible, whether it's on air or even on the site. Just one of those things that we really, really appreciate if you take the time to do it because it allows us a little bit more visibility and just shows that people are genuinely enjoying our content. My guest for this episode is the next guest in the RageWorks Creator Series. Our last episode was our very own Jimbo Slice. This week, um, it's our very own Slick. Now, Slick has been part of the RageWorks family since well before RageWorks came to fruition. He was a big part of My Take Radio. Uh, in addition to, at times, serving as co-host, he also handled production duties, call screening, and pretty much brought um, a really huge level of professionalism to My Take Radio once we went live. I've had the pleasure of knowing Slick a long time. We became acquainted through video games, our love of video games, uh, during the MySpace heyday and the proximity to how close we lived was a big factor in just allowing us to uh, hang out more often and chop it up, chop it up about different things. And our love of Transformers, Voltron, anime, various video games just continued, just continued to be a big part of our friendship as part of RageWorks. Now he is our games editor and he is one of the people that is a huge sounding board when it comes to RageWorks decisions, uh, whether it's color schemes, themes, event coverage, the people that we have on the site, uh, the writers that we bring on board. Slick is definitely one of the people whose opinion I value most and one of the people who has such a uh, an eclectic mix of technology and toys at his disposal, not only to create content, but just to you know, bring a smile to his own face. I figured that it would be fitting to have someone just as passionate as myself and Jimbo Slice stepping up next as the latest RageWorks creator to be featured on Toys and Tech of the Trade. All right, without any further ado, let's turn it over to Slick and learn about the toys and tech of his trade. All right, the moment you guys have been waiting for, our very own Slick is in the studio for a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. We're going to find out what tech and gear he uses to create content 
and give you guys all the latest and greatest on Rageworks. Plus, we're going to find out the games he's obsessing over and the toys that he is into. What is going on, my friend? What's up, brother? Man, it feels good to actually be on the microphones together versus, you know, just talking about shit on a keyboard. <laughs> it does. It's still my take radio memories, though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we rap. It feels like only yesterday we wrapped episode 400. And since then, we've just been working on everything else. But um, it's always it's always good to just sit down and chop it up a bit. I know that after we did the Toys and Tech of the Trade column for the site, you know, a lot of people were just really digging, like, a lot of the gear and stuff that you use. And even when we updated the post for 2018 and now with the show, a lot has changed since then. So, I mean, one of the biggest things, especially in light of the recent Apple announcement is mobile devices you recently picked up the note 9 now right no i didn't you didn't i skipped because i didn't see a note well there's a couple of reasons one obviously money with the phone being basically rent um but the pen while it's always great the overall phone didn't seem like enough of a difference to warrant the price okay i am planning to get the whether they call the it 10, the 10 guess, or yeah. the X or whatever, especially with now that Apple is, I mean, I, I don't really see use for it myself, but with Apple announcing the whole dual SIM shit, yep. I can only assume that, that uh, Samsung and every other Android manufacturer is going to follow suit. Well, you know, it's interesting because as someone who, you know, Slick and I have been hardcore Note users for a long time, and after the Note 7 incident, I, um, you know, I went and I switched to a, a Galaxy S9, I believe. And I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't get into the phone. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go back to the, uh, the warm embrace of Apple. And, you know, initially I did miss the pen, you know, and I still do. I thought, I think that the pen is probably one of the best things. And I think it's one of the things that really Samsung hit out of the park. I mean, when you got your, your Note 8, I remember you were like, man, you know, like this, this is it. And you're not the first person to say that it's a marginal upgrade to get the nine from the eight. Don't get me wrong. Like the, 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 the yellow pen is cool with the blue phone, or right. as I like to call it, the Best Buy edition. Because exactly. <laughs> it is blue and yellow. But overall, the phone itself is pretty much the guts have remained for the most part the same. I mean, now that you got got a note device once again after the what did you end up using after the 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 seven debacle for a while oh god the lg i believe it was the lg v20 right horrible you hated it huh like the phone itself when i first got it nice features battery life was not great and it just shortly after i got it like i kept it for a full year but shortly after i got it just performance went not not to the point where I couldn't use it, but performance right. went way down. Now was that was that also when you were using the V twenty? That was when they really started to go hard with the button on the back of the phone, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I let me tell you, if it's one thing I don't like about those about LG's phones is the button on the back. I just can't. It just seems so unnatural to me personally as a as an end user. And um, what made you go with the V twenty versus? a different samsung offering well because i i um i was soured on samsung because of the hand grenade and because um 
even if I weren't the the um what do you call it the Galaxy S series, it's like it's like a baby note without without a pen. It's like it's like a note that hasn't gone through puberty because it doesn't have the pen. Well played. I um you know now now with the Note Eight, you know your that device for you is essentially it kind of replaces a laptop at this point. I mean, they're getting that powerful. I mean, I know you, you also had a laptop at one point. Do you get more productivity stuff done now with the note versus say, if you had a laptop on you? Yes and no, because I can do pretty much everything that I want to do with a laptop, but you know, there's always the curse of the sausage fingers. Yep. I do intend to get a laptop once I get everything squared away. Right. But it's like I can still work on art. I have started working on articles on the site via the note. Okay. I didn't know that. um, Nice. It's a double-edged sword. It's convenient, but it sucks when you're used to using a 40-inch screen and a keyboard. Right. And you're relegated to a 6-inch screen uh, vertically and a little touch keyboard with your sausage thumbs. Yep. I know that. I know the feeling all too well. I think, I think for me, when it comes to the note, you know, I miss it and I, and I contemplated going back, but the thing about it is, you know, and, and it's, and it's something that's so generic and so stereotypical, but you know, the Apple devices just quote unquote work, you know, like it's just, Hey, here's iOS 12. Everybody installs it. You don't have to wait for, oh, well, this carrier is going to wait till next week while this other carrier is going to wait till next month. But this carrier is going to give you the update next year. Like, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles with Android. If you don't have a pure Android device, it's that because sometimes those updates are incredibly important. I remember what was it? Not the Note 7, but the, the, the Note prior. There was some big update that Samsung had put out. And we just had, and everybody was at the mercy of the carrier to get the update, and it and it was incredibly disheartening, especially because I, if I remember correctly, that update was supposed to give us a bunch of new features and also allow the uh, improve the battery life at the time. And I think that when it's updates like that, the fact that it still has to go through carrier approval is a pain in the ass. I remember vaguely what you're referring to, and I think I got it quickly, but you're you're right about it being a pain in the ass. Especially at that time, I believe I was still messing with Pokemon Go. Yep. And it's like, that was like the major resource drain on the phone. And I'm sure for the people that still play it, no matter whether they have Android or iOS, that is the main resource drain on their phone, unless they play like, you know, some kind of crazy RPG on their phone or something. Well, you know, while we're on the subject of Pokemon Go, it takes me into the next thing. Clearly, clearly you really, as a gamer, you've embraced mobile gaming pretty, pretty steadily. I mean, you, you've always been a big Nintendo DS supporter, but you've been also doing more mobile gaming. What are you playing on your mobile device now? Honestly, on my mobile device, I, I really only play simple games right now because my, my workday is long. It's on the short end, it's 11 hours because of the combined commute and, and workday. And, and if there's overtime in there, it, it goes up, ex, you know, exponentially. So I, my, the Note 8, the battery is, is great. I can, if I leave my house at, let's say, 
anywhere between six to eight in the morning with a full charge. I can come home at like 10 o'clock at night and depending on how I've used it, have anywhere from 50 to to 20% remaining. Wow. So the charge is excellent. And, you know, I, I have options to charge it because obviously, you know, there's a bunch of plugs at work. Plus you can use the wireless charging, all that stuff, but I can go a full day without charging it. And, It'll probably be on life support, but it'll still be running. Well, for your for your commute, then you know, with the simple games you're playing, um, what what's what's on the on the rotation? Right now, it's like this is primarily this um, this word game I call play called Words Up. I got Mario Run. I skipped through my PlayStation app because you know. During the day, sometimes I'll get a get a PR from whatever company say, "Hey, review Here's this game." So you know, I got to put that in, and um, I put it in through the phone so that it starts downloading. Because if my PS4 is on rest mode, it'll start right away. Nice. You know, there's the um, Family Guy, another freaking mobile game, which is the actual title of the game. Is that the RPG, like the RPG style game? No, that's the um, Family Guy. Basically, did horrible things to to Candy Crush. Oh, okay, okay. And then there's Candy Crush. Wow, you're still playing Candy Crush, huh? Occasionally, not. A, I mean, I, I prefer the Family Guy game because it's Family Guy. Then there's um, this game that I have, which I forget the full name of it, but basically. You can pick male or female, but you're looking at a plumber's ass and you're throwing coins in the crack. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That is that's uh, that's a, that's pretty different. Uh, not, and not. because I still religiously play GTA Online, I have the iFruit app, which allows you to um, customize your license plates. Like if anybody has noticed, like when you see my videos and pictures from GTA. You see, like, the license plate says things like Black Rage or many various inappropriate things. And uh, that's through the iFruit app. That's actually the only way to customize license plates in a game. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, po- Pokemon Go. Have you have you retired Pokemon Go officially? I have officially retired Pokemon Go. Like, I've, I've pissed off some people with my thoughts. So I'll, I'll just say to those who are still playing more power to you. I can't do it anymore. I, I prefer the quote-unquote real games, which I can only quote-unquote now because Nintendo has actually made a game that pairs with it that's coming out next, next November. Yep. November. That's right. Now, you know, it, it's funny because I still I still periodically play it, mostly because there's like a Pokestop on the corner of my house, so I can just walk to the corner and just, you know, get some stuff. And if I'm going anywhere on mass transit i'll play just because if you're on for instance the long island railroad here in new york the every station has pokestops so i just load up i just load up on the train there play a little bit load up on the train back um definitely not playing it as as hardcore as i was but it's still it's it hasn't been deleted off my phone so i still i still give it a little play if i'm gonna be on the long island railroad which i i miss those days now that i'm on the bus I would um, probably take either my DS or my uh, Switch versus, like, like I 
I get a lot of weird looks because when I'm on the bus, they'll see me with my phone and an iPod. And I'm sure they're thinking, why doesn't he just listen to music on his phone? Because it's a battery drainer. Okay. It's like yeah, I, I, was, I need I my ask. phone for other things. So I dedicate the iPod to my music. Oh, I'm all right. I was I was going to ask that because, you know, for for me, are you still a... Um an mp3 uh, an mp3 transfer person or are you do you use any streaming services uh mp3s okay mostly uh it's mostly a mr krabs thing i'm not paying for any streaming services when i have right so many hundreds of cds at home that you know are all on my computer and oh you digitize your cds huh yeah how long did it take you and i ask because i'm in the process of doing that well, I've done it multiple times because, you know, every time you get a new computer, you can, of course, transfer the information. But sometimes I do it just because over the years they, there have been improvements to the uh, the file formats. But if I go from A to Z in my collection, it's going to take weeks. Okay. So it's like I, I'll try to do a letter a day, but, you know, one letter might have... 10 discs and one letter like might have over like 50 wow okay i um you know i and you're much like me you you've become a a pretty accomplished pc builder yeah so i um, mean you help me a lot with that but i i try to maintain my own stuff like i'm not buying unless it's a laptop i'm not buying a pre-made uh system any longer you know, it's interesting, and I and I bring this up because you know there was a, an article recently about more people just moving back towards just buying pre-made machines because there's it, it's become, you know, with the whole cri- rise of cryptocurrency and everybody building machines to just mine crypto money, it was it was just insane, and people were just like, you know, we can't get a graphics card, we can't do this or that because everybody's buying them for crypto mining. So it's it's interesting that you much like me still feel very strongly about just building computers yourself because what's happening is so many companies are making so many strong cases and so many companies are coming out with just really impressive rigs i've seen i saw something from alienware yesterday that actually looked pretty damn alien yep it was like round sort of which for a tower looks insane yep but i still would prefer to build my own because you you cut out the bloatware you get exactly what you want and it's like if you give yourself a time frame like if you don't wait till your machine's dead and say it's time for me to build a new machine and you give yourself a time frame you're going to get exactly what you want you're not going to have to worry about the card that i want is getting bought by the data miners and all that stuff and you know you just take your time now with you know being that you your pc is pretty much the the brains of the operation and one of the many pieces of equipment used to generate content for rageworks are what do you what are your you know what are you using on there mostly i know that we used to use uh what was the microsoft app to write to write posts that was a big one live writer live writer and um I don't even think they support that anymore. Do you still use it? It it does work with WordPress, but I just use WordPress now. Right. So because do I. Because it's like 
the it, the support is wonky. I um, it's funny because somebody was like, you know, you can use like Microsoft Word, and it'll it'll send a post to WordPress, and I was just like, listen, I'll just write in the native in the native platform and leave it at that because LiveWriter was good, and I think nobody's gonna come up with a replacement that's gonna be as good. Like it just worked so well, and it was seamless. LiveWriter was the only thing that made it worthwhile. Uh, writing offline really and transferring it into wordpress because it did all that work for you oh yeah and you didn't have to go into the freaking text code to fix things that look stupid because pretty much when you paste stuff into wordpress it maintains like formatting formatting. and so even if you tell it not to yep and it just looks awful and you gotta fix it and it sucks are you are you due to build a new PC soon, or are you are you still pretty much on the cusp? And I ask because I've been kind of tossing back and forth building one. Obviously, you know, with with AMD, uh, we use an AMD system here in the studio. You know, their their Threadripper CPUs are on another level. I would love to build a new machine just because we've entered like a new era of like graphics cards where they're they're really going insane with the graphics. I mean, take a game like Final Fantasy 15 that is supporting 8K resolution. I'm like, why? We don't even have displays that can handle that. But it's like you have graphics cards that are up there with that, graphics cards that cost more than a whole freaking system. And I, like I said, I would like to. I don't need to right now, but I would like to just because... I get a lot of offers for like Steam stuff, and I I pretty much always got to turn it down one time and two because you know my computer can handle gaming, but it's like with everything that's going on and my lack of time, it's like it's it's going to cause more problems than it's going to close more doors than it opens. I feel okay. So right now. That PC that I have is more of just a workhorse than a game horse. All right. So, you know, while we're on the on the subject of PCs, I know we were talking about LiveWriter and some of the other stuff. What are what are some of your other frequently used programs on the on the PC? Well, I mean, at, browsing, least, at least three. Yeah, like 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 three good recommendations that that you use day to day. Browsing is Chrome. Uh, video editing is. I'm trying to remember the proper because it's like the company is Black Magic right. Design. Is it and Resolve? DaVinci Resolve is right. the program. And um like just for like viewing stuff, I use the the VLC. Can't go wrong with the VLC player, my friend. I use VLC on everything as much as humanly possible because it just works. Yeah, it works with pretty much everything. So no steam for you, huh? I have Steam, but I really don't have. I ha- I haven't had a new game on Steam. I don't think this year. They almost got me with Fire Pro, and then I held out because I heard Fire Pro was coming to consoles. Oh yeah, from the original announcement. Yep. They said that it was coming to Steam and PlayStation Four. Yep. And then they added uh, Xbox to that, so it went into Steam Early Access for a full year. Yep. I, I when I Which, saw it, I was like, "Wow!" And I was upset about that, as was Jay. Uh, but it it's out now. Which 
unfortunately, it came out at a very bad time for me because it came out the same day as Yakuza Kiwami 2. Two weeks later, Spider-Man came out. A week after that, Tomb Raider came out. September is not the month for... I, I think it was one of those things where it's the it's something we've always talked about, the, the, the summer drought. And the they, summer drought really doesn't exist anymore. No, the hell it doesn't. And that's that's the problem. That you're you're kind of in the trenches with certain titles and then the fall hits and you would think with kids going back to school and stuff, oh let's not let's not bombard people with with three or four triple A titles in one. Oh no, let's just let's just open up your wallets and pilfer every red cent out of it. Now here's the funny thing: a lot of I think a lot of people still think that the summer drought exists because a lot of lesser known titles come out in the summer, and that's why I always try to um, support the little guys. Absolutely, there's a lot of games that people are like. What the hell are you talking about? And then when they look at these, he's like, wow, this game is really cool. It's like, yeah, it is. And it came out in the summer. A lot of these, like, indie titles come out in the summer. Like, Dead Cells came out in the summer, which we do have a review of. Death's Gambit, which it, it kind of is and kind of isn't an indie title because it's through Adult Swim. It, I still have to finish the review for that. That's a, another thing. But um, those are both similar games where it's like, they're like 2.5D punishing titles. Like they're similar to if um, Dark Souls came out in the NES, in the NES, uh, in the NES era. Right. It's like Death Gambit. There's a a boss that is li- literally as tall as the the screen, like three times over. Oh, jeez. It's like it makes. The bosses in Shadow of the Colossus look tiny. Oh, man. That's pretty insane. Like, you have to climb this thing and fight pieces of it as you're climbing. Nice. They have monsters that, like, you, they're, they're flying through the air at amazing speeds. And you got to hold on and, and fight at the same time. It's like Death Gambit is the type of game that speedrunners and people that, that don't mind those punishing type titles will go crazy for and that is on um i'm pretty sure it's on um, ps4 and steam i think it's also on xbox one which brings me to another thing well you know while we are you know we're we're jumping around a bit but it's because our our interests are similar the you know you mentioned the switch you mentioned gaming on the ds you mentioned the ps4 um no mention of Xbox. You uh, you skipped out this generation, huh? I do not own an Xbox One, but it's not for lack of want. Right. I do actually want an Xbox One X, but, and this is a personal feeling, it's also, there's a lot of truth to it, there is really nothing to play on it that I, that I can't play on PS4 or Nintendo. Okay. And it's funny because... A lot of people are making memes right now. This is one dude. He just made a video of his little entertainment center, and he's flipping out. He's like, and you know, it's it's like a hood dude. So he's like, he's like screaming and cursing. He's like, "Yo, Spider Man just came out last Friday, my dude, and look what I got." And he's pointing at his Xbox. He's like, "Why the fuck did I get this?" And it's hysterical, but it's true. It's like 
there's the the whole Ed Ed Nettie meme with Ralph st- staring out the window looking angry, and somebody like photoshopped him at the Spider Man looking out the window. It was like, there's really people people still playing Xbox right now. Well, the, the the funny thing about that, and and you know, I I play across the board, and it's funny that originally it used to be multiplayer games were relegated to my Xbox, single player games were relegated to my PS4. This time around, it's I keep legacy titles that I started on Xbox, like Assassin's Creed, you know, because all the saves carry over and you get more stuff from all the other old saves to that are unlocked in game. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so I I try to spread the love a little bit, but I think to your point, and it's something that's that that it's it's dying out, man. Like the 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 console wars aren't really wars anymore. No. And I say this because think about it. Every almost every system gets some version of the game excluding exclusives. And I think that that's where companies are are leveraging all their their the, all the consumer buying power. Like PlayStation, most of the people play the bulk of their fighting games on PlayStation. So, let's scoop up Capcom to make sure that our games, you know, our fighting games are PlayStation exclusives. Now, to that to that end, you know, I still feel that Microsoft kind of tries to hold it down with all the shooters, but you're not a big FPS person anyway. But they really don't. They all they do is they try to lock down like DLC, which that's that's a whole other issue we've touched on many times. Yep. But here's a few facts: the Xbox One X this generation is the single most powerful thing out there next to a PC. Nothing touches it in terms of performance and ability. Unfortunately, that means nothing if there's no real incentive to own it. Yep. I think that that's, it's funny you mentioned that I have, I went, you know, I was TV shopping and I mentioned this to you before we started recording and, um, you know, they had an Xbox one X being demoed, with a uh, a Samsung television, an NU8000. And this particular TV, you know, they're really driving home that it has free sync and a really impressive gaming mode. And they were streaming, not streaming, they were running, you know, the demo disc. And it was Madden, Halo, and Gears. Think about that. Madden is multi-console. Right. And you just have Halo and Gears to hang your hat on. And it's and a Forza. shame. And Forza, but what I'm saying is it's a shame because Sony just goes, well, let's show you what we have. And it's like, do you have 15 minutes? You know, and I think that that's one of the bigger problems. And and even look at Nintendo, and it's something we talked about for years. We were like, Nintendo's going to creep up and they're going to encroach on the mobile space. And they did. Because think about it, the Switch now can be considered a mobile gaming device because you could just pop it out of the dock and away you go. And yeah, they po- they did the right thing with the switch because they knew if they didn't do something that yep. cell phones and tablets were going to take over, yep. and it's we went s- from seeing kids with with the, with their parents' phones and their tablets to seeing more of them with the switch. More. And here's the crazy thing: is that the switch is playing the mobile games as well. Yep, they're playing the mobile games as a, and as a matter of fact, shortly before we started recording, I was reading that they're releasing um. NES controllers to use that. with the Switch for their uh you know their virtual console offerings. And I said to myself, listen, that with all the money that was Nintendo made with the um with the classic consoles, if you just release those 
through the Switch as like part of a subscription service. And just, hey, all the original NES titles, you can play them on the Switch for $9 a month or whatever as part of whatever their online system is. Nintendo would still make a killing. Because think about it. The two of the top selling consoles over the course of the summer that went head to head with the PS4 were Nintendo's mini consoles, which is scary. Did you end up buying either one? I didn't because I wasn't able to get the the NES, and then I really only wanted uh, Super Mario RPG for the Super one, and I I mean I can get that on Virtual Console. Okay, now you know obviously one of the one of the big drivers for some of the content that you create for RageWorks and just the stuff you enjoy is obviously meeting with developers and getting stuff from companies but outside of that how do you keep your finger on the pulse of gaming like what websites do you go to or even just entertainment in general do you have a a catalog of sites you visit are there sites that you still that you still frequent even though we're content creators ourselves (coughs) honestly um and i got this idea from you go ahead i try to avoid like i i don't not go if i see something Thing that's interesting on like IGN or Kotaku, I will go there and read the article. But in general, I do avoid those sites because it's like they're putting out a lot of the same thing that we are. Yep. And I might get upset sometimes because PR might give them the information earlier. Right. And I don't want to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say taint, but. I don't want to wind up writing the same things that they do. Right, right. You don't want inadvertent absorption, which we talk about, where you're reading something or you hang around somebody that says that, that says a particular phrase, and then you see yourself say, catch yourself saying the same phrase. Right. Gotcha. Like, I, but um, you'd be surprised how much you pick up just looking on regular social media. I mean, a lot of people they they find out stuff through us, but. I'll find out information through them as well. Like, actually, did I see it? I think I saw it from you first, but the the whole early this week, the Samurai Spirits announcement, yep. which from Tokyo it Game really Show. looks like they're just going to remake Samurai Showdown 1, which is Samurai Spirits. But right, which I, using I, a Street Fighter-style engine, kind of. Right, I, like, I'm not against that. Like, I... Well, we're due. I think that that's a title that... You know, if you want to give it a fresh coat of paint, it's not bad. <laughs> you know, like how many years has it been? Think about it. How many years has it been since we had, uh, you know, kind of going off tangent a little bit. But when was the last time we saw like a legit Samurai Showdown title that wasn't that collection that we ran around looking for? Remember? <laughs> I but I shit on um, remakes a lot because it's really all anybody is doing. Especially- <laughs> <laughs> but um. There's a there's a a way to do it. Okay. Like I've been praising Sega a lot lately because of the Yakuza Kiwami series. Right. If you're going to remake a game, first of all, don't remake a game that came out five years ago. Don't re- quote unquote remaster a game. And it's like, what do you call it? Um, a big a big offender of that is From Software because they re-released Dark Souls like three times this year. Oh yeah. That triple dip was aggressive on their part. But it's like, you take Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza Kiwami 2. First of all, they're remakes of Yakuza and Yakuza 2. Those games came out on the PlayStation 2. 
And they didn't just say, okay, here's an HD version of those games. They completely remade the game using their current engine. Right. They completely revamped the combat using their current engine. They added story. They added mini games. They added a whole bunch of stuff. And they even using the existing story and like the, the side, side missions, they even updated that to um, current times. Like a lot of it still fits today because they, they, the games came out like 2005, 2006. But they updated things to make like certain, um, certain things more relevant. Right. So they really did that. That's what I can consider truly remastering. So they remade it and remastered it. When you just say, "Oh, here's the game in HD," so what? You know, there's there's a a, a double edged sword with that, and and it's funny, you know, that we we kind of went into the remake talk because a new generation of gamers is you know on the horizon, you know, as 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 our our people in our demographic have kids and their kids are reaching that age you know it's either emulators or trying to find like a, a great example if you want to talk to a kid and be like you know sonic the hedgehog was the pinnacle of gaming you know unless you buy like a remastered version of sonic the hedgehog or you buy like a collection with it or you buy the original console it's not like they're cranking out a new i mean a new sonic game came out recently but in terms of just going back to like that golden age, you're kind of stuck in that area. And I think that one of the things that they're preying on is that because every day new new kids get into gaming and new adults get into gaming. So they just figure, well, this generation didn't play it. But to your point, there definitely should be a cap. We don't need something from five years ago <laughs> being being remastered. I, you know, on the subject of Capcom, you know, they released that they're releasing that new uh, beat em up uh, collection. And I said to myself, all right, you got some good stuff in there. But what about, you know, you did, and this is extremely relevant. Why didn't you put, like, Aliens versus Predator on there, that arcade game that yeah. they did? Why didn't you put Saturday Night Slam Masters on there? People would go bananas for that stuff, you know? I think they even did, do, and, I, and I streamed it, but I don't remember if it was them, the, uh, the, Punisher and, uh, the Punisher game, the arcade game with him and Nick Fury. I feel that Capcom did that one, too. Not 100% sure, but I know for a fact Saturday Night Slam Masters and um, was a game that should that could have been in that easy. Some of those games, though, <laughs> they might not have um, the rights. They might not still have the licenses. Like That's why um, we don't see uh, Capcom versus SNK 3, which I don't understand why they don't just cooperate with SNK again, but it's... Um, and you don't see them like trying to remaster that because you know they would because that's that's my whole complaint even though i i'll give them props that with the resident evil 2 remake they're doing more of the um the yakuza kiwami approach to that because it, right. it's completely revamped even if it's the same exact game it looks completely different so at least there's that much right but Pretty much everything Capcom has released this year is just a double dip. Well, I think I think that we've reached that that pinnacle where it's either everything that's old is new again, or people are trying to play it real safe because we went through a stage where people were just throwing shit at a wall to see what sticks. Sunset Overdrive, 
you know, all these other games that they were just cranking out, if you remember. We were just getting all kinds of weird, funky stuff, and it, it's all peg warmers. I think I got an email recently, as a matter of fact, on the subject of Sunset Overdrive that it was on sale for like $3. And, and, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, you know, when we were growing up, we had games like Crazy Taxi and stuff like that that were that were still fun, even though they were just, hey, drive around and pick people up and drive them to their destination. You know, like there was a level of of simplicity to it. Now, I think publishers are scared because the value of a game uh, or just the value of entertainment is so far is stretched so thin now. Because think about it. You can game on your phone. You can game on a set top box like an Amazon Fire TV. You can take your switch with you. Um, you know, console exclusivity is the only thing that's keeping certain franchises alive. Other than that, you know, like look at a game like Rocket League. Rocket League is on pretty much every system. And the simplicity and the enjoyment is what kept that game in the public eye. Not where it was good, not where you could play it, just how enjoyable it was. And I think that that's what people are kind of going back to. And they figure, well, these remastered classics, people enjoyed them. They'll keep playing them. Well, in terms of who's the biggest defender it really you got to look at each developer individually like like i said capcom i can't think of a new ip that they introduced this year i'm hoping i'm wrong on that but square enix they announced yesterday that they're bringing a lot of like final fantasy titles over to um the switch and bringing some stuff to like xbox and ps4 that hadn't been there before and that's cool because at the same time, uh, well, it's Saturday now here. Yesterday was the official launch of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. That's right. December, you got Just Cause 4. These are, are both Square Enix games. They are releasing new games this year. Right. And And then you have, while a bunch of remakes are coming to the Switch, Nintendo is consistently releasing new games i mean consistently enough um sony they you know they they get pretty much all the games that don't go to pc and plenty that do right but um they have their own ips coming out and they have plenty of exclusives so they're they're covered xbox does have exclusives i mean i i only shit shit on up as much as i have to because you know, like I said, it is a great they're console. Not, they're not grabbing you with anything. Right. It is. A, I, I say when E3 came out, I was like, I said, please, Microsoft. Give make, me something. Make me need this console. They because almost right had you with Crackdown, and then they delayed Crackdown, and you were like, well, that kills that. <laughs> you know, you, I remember that. My biggest issue with Crackdown is something that um, a lot of companies are really screwing the pooch on. When you want to hype a game, show me the game. Don't get Terry Crews in a yep. in a suit, suit yep. to Sell pretend that he's the agent. Yep, I agree. I, I don't want to see a live action commercial th- that's telling me what I'm going to do in the game. Show me the the game. Yep, I agree. And then, like you mentioned, that companies don't want to take risks. You got CD Projekt Red. Their last big game was The Witcher Three. Man, they now, squeezed every nugget they could out of that game because think about it. There was DLC coming off of that game left and right. Like they But kept, they said that from the beginning. Yep. They kept they kept that game in the public eye in a very well thought out way. 
and their DLC is bigger than a lot of a- actual full games. That's right. So that mo- much I don't mind. But now they have Cyberpunk um, 2077 coming, right. and they showed 48 minutes of gameplay. To that. They didn't hire actors. They didn't do like nope. a trailer that was just... Let's sell you with what you're here for. Rendered graphics. They showed the actual game. They said, they said straight up, the final product might look different. But that trailer was amazing, but and it was definitely taking risks. Because it follows a style, but it's completely different from The Witcher, and it was insane. Like I look really, really look forward to that game because it puts you in a different, a completely different setting from The Witcher. It gave you interesting character characters that you want to learn about. And it gave you a story that you wanted to know more about. I also feel that the publisher gives you more value for your dollar. Oh, absolutely. So that 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 matters. That that's critical. Like I, companies like CD Projekt Red and um, damn, I, I I'm losing it right now. It'll come back. But the the developer of of a uh, Dying Light, which was the original developer of Dead Island, which is now also dead. Um. Like they they really go hard to give you value. Like they 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 showed a lot of gameplay for the upcoming uh, Dying Light Two, and that looks crazy with the whole. You know, it's done to death. Uh, whether you're going to be good or bad, but um, they really showed the the city that that you're living in, which I think is still Haran. I I didn't really um listen well enough, but the way the city develops really depends on what you do and it's night and day the city might look green and beautiful or might look like a even more of a hellhole than when you started nice and then you got to worry about the zombies and you got to worry about when you the sun goes down the zombies get worse and more things show up oh geez that was the one thing that was um i really enjoyed about that title because it was to me. It was a lot different from the the rest of the zombie genre. Like a lot of people love the zombie genre, and a lot of people are tired of it. Right, I agree. This this game, it took the concept of the freaks come out at night and really ran with it because okay. there's zombies all the time in this game. But then at nighttime, this thing called the volatile wakes up. Oh, jeez. They are literally allergic to uv light they will die in the sunlight they're almost like vampires but you know they're like the highest level of evolution of the undead in this game okay and they the um the sony title um what the hell is their their game where it's not zombies but they're like infected people last of us no not the last of us um the other one with the motorcycle gang that's coming out I can't, I'm, my brain is dead right now. I'm sure the people listening know what game I'm talking about, but it's like that game, they're saying it's not, um, they're not zombies, they're actually infected people. But um, that brings up another thing that the only other game that really touches on that is Resident Evil. They have infected animals in that game. That's right. Which I really appreciate because... Can't happen. Of course, and and it's like it's it's good that it's an extra threat for you. That's right. 
I think I think that's one of those things where you know the 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 games the gaming has evolved so much now that you know it's all about companies coming out and and really trying to hit a home run to keep you engaged. You know, CD Projekt Red definitely is a company that has excelled at that, and they've done a tremendous and phenomenal job. I did I did want to switch gears a little bit from the gaming side and and talk about some of the other content creation, uh, well content consumption stuff i know you know you're you're still in the same camp as me as a a collector of physical media i know you're still you're still picking up tangible blu-rays right yeah no no jump to digital for you huh i saw an article on that just a little while ago and a quick uh, segue back the game is called days gone okay yeah the apple thing where people are, are losing their content that's right uh yeah i was always somebody that um literally the digital content that i have falls into two camps either the game only comes out on digital which i think right now the only game i have that is only digital is yakuza 5 or the stuff i get from pr to review now i got a question for you as someone who buys physical media you know you're buying uh you made the jump now recently to buying 4k blu-rays are you redeeming your digital codes at all i haven't and um i well, do and i'll tell you i'll tell you actually... why i ask you that because i found out that digital codes have an expiration date oh no i was about to say that i know they expire and plenty of them have expired for right me. i i was blown away and the reason i said this was because i came across a service and i'm this isn't me promoting them i just thought that it was a cool idea because something i've talked about before and if you've listened to old episodes of my take radio was the discrepancy of not the discrepancy, the lack of unity in terms of consuming digital content. So think about it. You say you have Amazon Prime, you buy a video there, and then you have an Android device and you buy a video on a Google Play Store. That means you have to have two different apps to consume that content. So I found out recently a company came out called Movies Anywhere. What Movies Anywhere does is it links with Amazon Prime, Google Play, iTunes, Vudu, uh, Fandango now, Microsoft's offering, and what it does is any of those movies that you buy on any of those services will get cross-posted or or will get cross-access on other services, excluding obviously studios that don't want to be part of it. So, on uh, you know, I um I linked my Microsoft account to Movies Anywhere, and they gave me X Men: Days of Future Past for free, nice. which was kind of cool, and. Then I was wondering because I had they had Google when I was an Android user, they had given me a couple of free movies like Transformers and some stuff. I'm like, oh, why didn't this sync over? And it was because some studios didn't let me don't aren't um part of the movies anywhere service. But the reason I bring this up is because I was saying to myself, you know, I should clear out some of these other impulse buys that I bought and just redeem the digital codes and sell the discs. And then I'm looking and I'm like expired. And, and, you know, a buddy of mine was like, oh, well, you could contact them and tell them like, oh, you just forgot to redeem it, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, listen, I got like 25 movies I want to redeem. They're not going to want to hear that BS. So I figured I would ask to see if you were doing any sort of redemption of those codes or if you were just sticking to physical media. I generally stick to the physical media. Sometimes what I have done, like um, I think it was Black Panther where I- yeah, it, it comes with a code inside the case, but I think because I pre-ordered it, Best Buy actually gave me a code early, and I gave it to a friend. Right. So at least 
somebody could um, make use of it because I knew I wasn't going to. So sometimes I do that, or I was thinking that I might um, start redeeming them going forward. But the fact is that I'm I'm saying to myself, when am I going to watch them? Right. Well, I think, you know, the Movies Anywhere thing kind of became something worth having because there were certain movies, like I was going through movies that I'm clearing out, and I'm like, what the hell possessed me to buy Max Payne on Blu-ray? You know, and I'm like, why'd you buy that? And I don't remember why. Black remember Friday. What, yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, eh, maybe because it was like $3 on Black Friday. But now it's like I totally forgot I bought it. And I'm like, ah, eh, I could have redeemed the code for that and sold the movie because it's not. I, I didn't hate it. But I'm like, eh, you know, redeeming the code isn't bad. And the and it's funny because now uh, selling the codes has become its own market now where people are going and trading codes or selling codes on, uh, you know, forums and stuff. So that's pretty crazy. The... um. And you're watching all of this now. I know you recently picked up a new television. What'd you end up picking up? It's a a Samsung, but a a M series. That you mentioned the NU eight thousand. I believe mine is the MU eight thousand. Right. And it has a lot of the features you mentioned. Like if I if it's on the um, the HDMI that I have the PlayStation connected to. Right. When I turned it off and I turn it on, it'll turn on the PlayStation vice versa if i turn on the playstation it'll turn on the tv or if the tv's on like say i'm watching wrestling and i turn on the playstation it'll actually switch to the playstation output nice which is good and bad it's like it's good if i i, I there's no picture to, in picture for you to enjoy it the right way that break i was thinking, like why does that picture in picture but uh, that features died you know what's died too 3d tvs yeah dead I'm like, I got so many Blu-rays with 3D on them. I guess those are worthless now. I was like, thank God they came with standard as well. Yep. The only movie I have, and they actually actually corrected it for free, that I bought a 3D movie and it didn't come with a regular Blu-ray, was that um, that Oz movie. Oh, that's right. Yep. It was 3D only, but there was an offer inside where I sent away... And they did send me the regular Blu-ray. So thankfully, I have both. Okay. All right. So, you know, we've, we've broken down some of the stuff. Um, you know, we are. It's funny. I saw on LinkedIn, you're, uh, it said, uh, Slick has been working for Rageworks four years now. It's definitely a lot longer than that. Rageworks, it, the entity has been in full effect for, for four years. But we've been going back with My Take Radio far longer than that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. I did want to mention that to you because I got an alert from LinkedIn like, oh, your colleague, your colleague is celebrating a work anniversary. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. So I figured I'd share that nugget of information with you. So, you know, we've chopped it up about media and content. I want to get into uh, this, this little feature of our show, the hot seat. Just going to run down a couple of rapid fire questions real easy to to get a couple of things that our audience, a couple of nuggets of information our audience will appreciate. Um, we'll start with something easy. What do you like or dislike about your mobile device? I love the battery life. I love overall overall what it allows me to do. It's I love the screen. Obviously, I love the S Pen. That's why I stick with the Note. And what I dislike, a lot of the major features 
don't work the way they're supposed to. And maybe, maybe I'm not using it exactly the way I'm supposed to, but like, for example, the location feature randomly turns off on its own huh. because it's a battery drain. Interesting. And I have to turn it back on, like, because I'll have problems with Wi-Fi services because um, a, a good example, my weather app, I'll look at it and it was like, it last updated like 13 hours ago because the location is off. Ah, okay. And I got to go in and turn it back on and how sometimes like the, like I unlock my phone with the fingerprint. Sometimes it doesn't work because, um, when you first turn on the phone and this is the security feature. So it's, it's a good thing too. When you first turn on the phone, if it's been powered down, you have to enter the password pattern right the fingerprint won't work that that one time huh but um the other thing is this supposed to be a feature and this is a a note thing like a a a samsung feature that if it recognizes that i'm at home it's not supposed to lock right right i remember that it used to work and now it doesn't work security i remember that yep it's like it still locks now huh you know, we were talking about the earlier the games that you play. What are what are three apps that you can't live without? If you were to buy a brand new phone tomorrow, what are three apps that you would install immediately? Uh, I mean, obviously, well, actually, this doesn't count because it's an Android phone, so Google Hangout would automatically be there. But uh, I would say probably I'm gonna go a little bit obscure: Discord, Shazam, and a program called Out of Milk. Oh, is that the reminder app? It's a reminder app, and it's also a um, a shopping list. Oh, okay. And it works how, um, like, say I need milk. I could type milk, or I could take my empty carton and scan the barcode on it, and it'll, it'll say you, it. you need milk. And the name of it was, again? Out of Milk. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Um, you know, we were we were talking about, some of the the programs on your pc um what's one website you recommend to people the most besides rage 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 Rage. no (laughs) you gotta you gotta exclude you gotta exclude rage works rage works um or what's a site that you personally go to daily horrible subs.info really and what's that it's where i get my anime oh okay but you then you also need a bit torrent or a torrent client and uh vlc so you can watch the because it's not a streaming site you actually are downloading episodes that have subtitles oh okay and it's subs only it does not have any dubbed anime wow no dubbed anime huh on the uh on the subject of of anime um anime you're watching currently i'm gonna give you three titles one because i i post a lot of weird stuff from episodes completely out of context. <laughs> nice. One is an anime called Asobi Asobase, if I'm saying that right. It's about pretty much almost every anime is about high school kids. Okay. This is about these three girls that met in school and they're like best friends now. The opening is completely misleading because it's this peaceful, beautiful, like they're in dresses and they're like, frolicking in the grass these are the biggest bitches on earth (laughs) okay they do fucked up shit like the first episode they're playing like um rock paper scissors 
And when you lose, and this is like a real Japanese thing, like when you lose, you got to make somebody look in a certain direction. The blonde girl who's supposed to be American, she's not. She made the other girl look one way, and she messed up. She smacked the shit out of her. Like, if you look on my page, on, on my Facebook page, the background image, is her smacking the shit out of the other girl. Jeez. The other one is called, um, the American title is called Chio School Road. It's about this chick who's a gamer. She's in high school. She stays up all night playing games, and then she has to get to school on time. Okay. And she goes through, like, the weirdest shit trying to get to school. Okay. Like, do you remember how they, they always have the meme from, like, one of the early episodes with Naruto where, um... Kakashi did the thousand years of pain and shoved his fingers up his ass. Vaguely. Like, I'm sure anybody that's listening has probably seen that at one point. Right. There's like a girl from a a grade school that just runs runs around doing that to people. Yikes. Because she hates everybody from her school. Wonderful. <laughs> Sounds about right. And the third? The third is called Happy Sugar Life. What the hell? Happy Sugar Life is about this one girl who goes to school and works in this diner after school to, like, pay her rent because she lives on her own. And she has, like, it looks like you, it, 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 it looks like her little sister living with her. And they're, like, the happiest two girls in the world. They, they play. Right. They watch TV. They play games. And they're calm. But there's a button there. But. And this is all in the first episode. The um at the diner, the manager is this um adult woman who hates our main character because everybody loves her because she's beautiful. Okay. And the dude working there, he wanted to ask the girl out. So what does the manager do? She like kidnapped him, tied him up naked in her office and like rapes him every day. Holy cow. And the girl found out and set him free and basically said, you know, this is really fucked up, right? You you, you need to not do this. And like, like, she got caught, so she had to stop doing that. She goes home because she, she was always smiling and happy. And, like, you saw her starting to snap because this bitch kept fucking with her. She actually cut her pay after making her, like, clean toilets and work overtime. Wow, okay. She's like, you're going to pay me. You're going to stop raping this dude, and you're going to leave me the fuck alone. Otherwise, I'm going to tell everybody, because I have you recorded berating me and and um, this kid running out of the closet naked. Oh, man. So she got her over the barrel, and then she goes home, sees her little sister, and she's all happy again. So it seems sort of like normal life but. until her sister goes to sleep. Uh-oh. And she checks the locks on this one door. And then you realize it's not her sister. She's a little girl who ran away from home that this girl abducted and treats her very well, but she still kidnapped this girl. And and their apartment is not her apartment because the people that live there, she murdered them, chopped them into pieces and put them in a garbage bag. And they're in that locked room. Oh, man. This bitch is nuts. That's insane. Well, all right. I'm going to probably need spelling for the first two animes, and the other one is Happy Sugar Life. All right. That's uh, that's that's pretty wild. Okay. Uh, favorite piece of tech besides your phone? 
uh, my brand new amazing red PlayStation 4 Pro. Nice, which leads me to, I guess that's your, I was going to ask, what was your last gaming purchase? So you did, you did pull the trigger on that Spidey PS4, huh? My last gaming purchase was Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which unfortunately due to my work schedule, I have not had a chance to touch it, but I will be touching Lara this weekend. <laughs> and I know how wrong that sounds and it was intentional. But you did also pick up that Spidey PS4 Pro. I, I knew you couldn't resist. You were so angry. I said, he's, he's going to buy it. He's going to. For anybody who doesn't know, this is the story. When they announced Spider-Man last E3, I said it'd be really cool if they made a PS4 Pro bundle. Because I didn't have a PS4 Pro. And I, That's right. I was like, I need a PS4 Pro. It'd be really cool if they made a bundle because it's an exclusive and that's what, what they do. Right. Then earlier this year, they came out with the God of War uh, PS4 Pro bundle. And I was like, damn it. That's an ugly looking console. It is. <laughs> it really is, man. They could have picked anything other than the design on that axe. Weird runes. To go and, on yeah. that, that, that cover. You could have just put like an etched Kratos with the beard. That kind of would have been cool. Or they could have just put the freaking red stripe on it. Yep. They could have made it pale white and put the red stripe, stripe on I would have, I would have rocked with that. Or even just the scar on his face. Right. So I was like, damn it. Because per year, they'll make at most two PS4 bundles. Well, per area, per right. area. So I was, I was really looking forward to E3 because I knew they were going to show more Spider-Man. And I was hoping they would announce the bundle. E3 comes. E3 goes. No bundle. no bundle. And what's more, I thought they weren't going to do a bundle because during E3, they put the PS4 Pro on sale. It was instead of $399, it was $350. Yep. So I said, uh, I guess this is it. I got to buy a PS4 Pro because it's on sale. And between now and September, because I said, I got to have a PS4 Pro by September 7th, which was the launch date of Spider-Man. Right. So I, I bought that PS4 Pro on sale. I had some coupons and and rewards points and stuff. I actually saved out a of pocket. Amount of money. Out of pocket, I paid twenty five dollars for it. Out of boy. And about a month after I got that PS4 Pro, uh, it wasn't even like a video. It was just an announcement. Oh, by the way, look at this shiny new Spider-Man PS4 Pro bundle. And I you wanted to furious. break things. Yeah, I know. You were furious. Okay, so what'd you do with your other PS4 Pro then? It's in my bedroom. Oh, okay. And what'd you do with the PS4 that was in your bedroom that was now replaced by the PS4 Pro? <laughs> I have multiple pe people asking me questions about it. It's still in my home. And uh, at this point, I'm thinking I might find like some kind of children's home or something and donate it for to take off my taxes nice i am um, you know i was gonna ask you started picking up 4k blu-rays but none of the sony systems play them oh that's that's perfectly fine because okay. i have a 4k tv and black friday's coming around so how are you gonna rectify that that was that's that's the question in the in, in the hot seat how are you gonna rectify are you gonna well, right now, you can get a good Blu-ray player for about $200. Yep. I was hoping to get a really good one, like one that has Dolby Atmos um, those certification. Are very nice. Yep. But those also cost like $500. Indeed, they do. So I'm going to wait till Black Friday. 
I'm going to see what comes around. And before Christmas, I will definitely have a 4K player. Okay. I was curious because, you know, you can get a, a nice, cheap Xbox One S that plays the 4K. Just just wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Fairly cheap, you know. <laughs> yeah, but still more than what it costs to just buy a Blu-ray player. But see, and that actually. I'm just messing no, with No, no, no. Going back to your question, that actually was going to be the plan. If Microsoft had sold sold me on what something something, <laughs> I was gonna buy an Xbox One X because honestly, and this is for anybody, if you're gonna buy a PS4 or an Xbox, get the Xbox One X or get the PS4 Pro. Yep. Unless you simply can't afford them, because it really doesn't make sense to get the lesser one. Yep. Uh, you know when I bought a when I was setting up for the studio, I ended up selling my old launch xbox xbox one right for to get the s to put in studio and then i sold the uh, the the system and i said eh, i'll just get the xbox one x for for my bedroom and that's pretty much how it went but that was my plan just to have a system in studio and have a system in my bedroom and now it doubles as my my 4k player which gets all the updates but i figured i would ask that only because i know you were making the the purchase choices of 4k recently Right, the Xbox One X was going to be my 4K player, but when it doesn't do anything, anything else, for me, right, more than play 4K, I'm yep. not spending $500. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, the next one, what's something that you've bought that's been less than $100 that has made your life either easier or just more enjoyable? Less than $100. Less than $100. Bucks. Could be anything. We can always circle back if you want to think about it. Actually, I bought, and I don't know if it was this year, but it's recently been getting a lot of burn, which uh, that could be taken as a pun. Not the regular one, but the smaller George Foreman grill. Really? You cracked open and got a Foreman, huh? I've had it for a while, but I had some problems with the outlet in my kitchen, which have recently been rectified. And it's just, especially because of my my work schedule, Sometimes I come home and I don't want to cook a whole bunch of stuff and I can just throw something in there and in a couple of minutes it's done. And it gives an oddly, not oddly, but like, I don't know how it's doing it, but it, it kind of gives a, sm a little bit of a smoky barbecue flavor to it. Nice. Okay. Not what I expected. Pretty cool. So, you know, we've talked, we've talked about some tech. We've talked about a lot of games. Let's talk toys. Um, I know you are a hardcore Transformers fan like yours truly. Um, last Transformers collectible you bought? I think Shockwave. Okay. There's a lot of new ones out that I want, but you know there were some money concerns earlier this year, and I'm going to get back on it. Like They made a new Megatron, which I need to pick up. With the interchangeable faces? Yeah. That one's amazing. And there was something else coming out. Like, as much as I love the show, I'm really not a fan of the Beast Wars ones. I can't get into them. Although the Megatron one, the the T-Rex, the purple T-Rex Megatron is looking pretty good. I might consider that one. That one is pretty nice. I mean, you know, they tried to do the uh, that surfboard Optimus Prime, the Gorilla Prime, and I'm like, nope, can't do it. It looks perfect, but the yeah. problem for me that I think they maybe could have done better on is in beast mode. They have so many seams Yep, and it doesn't look right. I it mean, it does not look natural. It's true. 
I think considering these are supposed to be masterpiece transformers, that they could have done a better job. Okay. Like, I expect there to be seams just because it's transforming, but I think they could have done better than they're doing. Like, the Cheetor one looks awful. Yeah, definitely does. It definitely wasn't on my radar. All right. Um, What was a favorite toy or collectible from your childhood and a favorite toy or collectible that you currently own? From my childhood, my favorite toy was probably my Voltron set. I used to watch episodes of Voltron and, and like, form Voltron when they were forming Voltron in the show. Nice. Which was always a pain because you know that that set had, like, 8 million pieces of all the projectiles projectiles that they had. Yep. And I probably lost them everywhere. My cat probably ate some. There you go. Today, I actually still have... I'm trying to think of something more current, but I still have my old um, Fluffy, the the, um, android ape from the Bionic 6. Wow. That's a hell of a toy, man. And I, I have to dust him off every now and again, but I, I, I keep him around. Okay. Nice. All right. So with that, Slick has survived the hot seat for this episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. Um, if you had your choice of somebody you'd like to see featured on a future episode, who would that be? This is a nice way of paying it forward. I always, I always like to ask. Uh, I would say, actually, I'm about to change my... Mr. JVB. All right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, JVB, a.k.a. Uh, Jose Betancourt, um, host of Talking About Games, also a great photographer in his own right. Um, we've actually been trying to pin down a date to record, so you will be getting your wish very soon. All right. And last but not least, to wrap things up, where can people connect with you besides, obviously, RageWorks.net? Uh, Twitter on... Um I'm at RW underscore slick or um, trying to think. Instagram, but I don't know how much. Exactly. <laughs> I would say just um, go to the Facebook fan page. Yep. You'll see me post. If you want to connect with me, just click on it. Write me a message. Say who you are. If I don't already know you, because I get a lot of random requests that I ignore. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right. So there you go. We got to talk toys, we got to talk tech, and we got to find out all the toys and tech that Slick uses for his trade. With that said, Slick, thanks a lot for taking time out of your schedule to sit down and chop it up with us. Always here to to lend a hand. All right, folks, with that, we're out of here. Peace. All right, big thanks to Slick for being our latest guest on Toys and Tech of the Trade. To find out more about Slick and keep up with everything that he's doing, make sure to follow him on social media. The links to all his social media accounts will be in the show notes for this episode. As always, you can find Slick's work on RageWorks.net, especially in the gaming section. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, feel free to drop me a line either via the contact form on the site or via email, rich at RageWorks.net. If you have any feedback on this episode or any others, you can also email me, rich at RageWorks.net, and share your thoughts there. As for RageWorks, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're on YouTube, hit us with a nice subscription. We'd really appreciate it, and you can watch a video version of this episode there as well. 
Join us in two weeks as Slick's wish gets granted and our next featured guest will be a friend of Rageworks and sometimes a contributor to the site as well, the one and only JVB Jose Betancourt. I am Rich. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, and we'll see you next time. Peace.